Hi, I'm your host, Kean Pack, and welcome to the fourth part of our six-part mini-series. That's just rag. And I am your other host, M. Schrader. Um, and yeah, part four of our six-part series. We're that's covering the fourth section of um, TSL Let's Play on the Wasteland. Today we are going to be covering. Yep, that's right. You guessed it. Death by water. <laughs> now, yep. you know what? Very entertaining stuff. Yeah, you know what? I think this is probably my favorite part of the poem because it's the smallest part. And also, it's just the part that rags on Mediterraneans the most. So, like, that's that's a pretty fun thing. <laughs> I feel like I feel like T.S. Eliot was a big fan of casual racism. That seems in his wheelhouse. It's, it's, yeah, it I mean, real... it really fits with the with the elitism that we find in his later works. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it was real big in the twenties, like. But yeah, you know that the, they had it. I mean, it was about to get more than. See, if casual racism was popular in the 20s, I think competitive racism is something that becomes popular about 20 years later. It's like the Olympics, but yeah. it's just bad. Yeah, it's like the Olympics of who can be the worst, who can go to hell the fastest and the hardest. <laughs> well, in, in this section, we really find out who goes to hell the fastest and hardest, and that's penis. The, I mean, I got the wrong script here. I believe it's Phlebas Phoenician. Yeah, I mean, that would be a little bit easier to read, but some hooligans, some upstarts, some little rebels changed the class annotations of the poem, so we don't have the... This is not even the original work. Who knows what else they changed? Honestly, I think... I think all of the commentary on the poem at this point is null and void, because we can't trust any of these words, but you know what? That's what we got. We'll work with it. So... Got Mr. Phlebas the Phoenician here, someone who was mentioned earlier in the poem by Madame Sosostris... And uh, her, it was the one-eyed merchant, wasn't it? Uh, well, yeah. So he's actually, she's like, yeah, he's he's dead. And then she mentions another guy, afterward. Um, I'm scrolling up to to find that right now where she's talking about it in part one. Yeah. So it's line forty-seven is the first mention of the Phoenician sailor, and she's like, those are pearls that were his eyes. So we can, we can tell he's already dead. And everything yeah uh, and then she also brings up in line 52 a one-eyed merchant which again we've got eye stuff going on yeah and I think the pearls in his eyes could refer to the fact that like, you know eyes gloss over when you're dead or it could be talking about like blindness because you know blind people can have milky eyes and that could be one-eyed like not able to see and, like that again could be literal blindness could be figurative blindness could not be able to see the future which makes sense because she says to fear death by water, and uh, what does is, what is Mr. Phlebas here do? Oh, he doesn't listen to that. He drowns. Yeah. Yep. He did not well, pay attention to that. He could also be, the pearls could also be um, a mention of wealth. You know, he's got yeah. pearls in his eyes. Because then when we get to part four and we're talking about him, lines 313 and 314 say, forgot the cry of goals and the deep sea swell and the profit and loss. So he forgets about, you know, like profit and loss and you know balance and so he's only got wealth in his eyes and now he's dead yeah I, th I think that's a good point too and i think also that ties into Elliot's overall theme of he does not like merchants he does not like people in the financial district he doesn't like people that work with money and he thinks that they're kind of responsible for this downfall of western culture which is certainly not untrue given the events of the past decade 
before this poem was <laughs> yeah. written was that um, there was definitely a lot of profiteering going on. And this is also like especially poignant at this point in Britain and part of probably why Eliot was influenced by living in Britain was like Britain never had a roaring 20s. Unemployment starting in 1920 was like above 10% until after World War II. Or until the start of World War II, I guess, because it's kind of hard to have unemployment when everybody's in the army. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, normally job statistics don't include the career of Nazi killing, but that decade they happened to. But so yeah, you so know, it's a good LinkedIn profile. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you get a lot of get a lot of businesses interested in you with that. Um, so oh yeah, what I was saying about. So Britain, again, was in an um, economic depression at this point, so people weren't very happy with what was going on in the country, especially because of the difference between monetary and fiscal policy, so there was a lot of money manipulation that was happening, was trying to keep Britain with the gold standard that created this depression. And so I think that's something that definitely influenced Eliot at this point in time, and I also think it's just part of his like larger philosophy. He seems very anti-capitalist if not just anti-commercialist like he seems to not just like the idea of people selling things which would certainly make him um unpopular in america at this time yeah and it also like connecting that back to mr Phlebas the phoenician and his fate and everything that would explain why elliot is so adamant on this not being a peaceful death either like it's not just a removal of the horrible wasteland world right now he doesn't get the chance to like we're talking about he passes right by all of the stages of his age and youth entering the whirlpool he's just going straight to death he doesn't get any time to reminisce or to renew his life or anything like that it's just boom right to death merchants everybody bonk yeah and also he's entering a whirlpool whirlpools are circle circular he's elliot here is saying that like the whole this whole like idea of a cyclical economy is one of the things that is evil and like you just keep circling around death over and over again whether you is literally you because like later on he mentions some things about buddhism and hinduism hinduism which could tie into like reincarnation so it could literally be you cycling around death again and again but it also could just be like the metaphorical like a person or man cycles around death over and over again because of this cyclical um I was about to say cyclical cycle because of this circular <laughs> cycle that he has instituted upon himself. And I think that's important to understand when it comes to Phlebas. Um, the last line is also important. Consider Phlebas, who was once as handsome and as tall as you. He's saying that like this could happen to anyone. That's why I also says Gentile and Jew two lines earlier. And he's specifically warning the reader, don't do what this guy did because you will die. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's about all we have time for today, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode.